Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the 8 o'clock hour of the Great Scott Show. I am Scott Prather. It is Tuesday. Jay Walker, as I speak, is looking at me with uh, some... Angry eyes. What did I do? What did I say? Um, you know, it's it's one. You know, oh, I you know, I got I got this day on Monday because I've got I got a coach's show. We got this, uh-huh. uh, and then I got to be at the airport Tuesday morning. Fine. Oh, hey Jay, you got time to record a segment? And you're killing me. You see, as Jay pointed out, apparently that's when he reads a text from me. That's what I sound like in his mind. So it's good to know that now. So that all you know, we are recording this on Monday, yeah. just for clarity. Uh, Jay, at the time this airs, is on a flight uh, to Savannah. He will then get over to Statesboro, Louisiana basketball. Uh, we talked last hour with Coach Marlin there at Georgia Southern tomorrow, Georgia State on Friday, and then they've got uh, the conference tournament. That I-, I wanted to talk some baseball with you, Jay, sure. opening weekend. I like baseball. Fun conversation with Coach Deggs yesterday. Um, I don't even know where to start. Let's start with Tommy Ray. Uh, Friday, because I know it was a loss Friday, but in terms of of things that stood out, boy, he stands out. He's a big guy. Um, Coach Degg said yesterday to me, he's like, "Oh no, he's he's starting this weekend." I mean, he earned a starting spot. Uh, he he said that he's come so far since the fall, and I just asked Tommy after Degg said that, I said, "What's what's changed the most?" And all he said was maturity. I've just I've grown up a lot. I've grown up a lot since the fall. Which folks might hear that and be like, "Okay." It's rare you hear a college kid say that when you ask him that question. They'll talk about some mechanical thing or something they did. And he just – I'll say this about him and what I saw a lot out of the team over the weekend is sometimes it takes a little while for a team to buy in. You might not see it till the middle of the season. Jay, you saw it opening night. This team has bought in. Yeah, they have. And and go back to, to what Tommy Ray said. And, of course, because of Terrible Tune Tuesday, I want to sing, Are You Tommy Ray? Who wants to know? Okay, because it, we'll just we, have to play that one in the next segment for you yeah, okay. in honor of you for TTT. There you go. Um, there is when you're coming from junior college and you're going to Division One, you're changing schools and you're going to a much larger campus. You're going to a much, usually much larger facility with much larger crowds. There is a learning curve there, and that's why sometimes junior college kids will come in and they'll get off to a little bit of a slow start. And then, you know, 15, 20 games into the season, you know, they, they kind of hit a groove. Let's remember that as good as Dex Kierstad was, he started one for 22 uh, in, his, uh, in, in his season at UL. So if you can get that maturity done – between the time you reach campus and, and opening day, then you've got a chance to go out and get something done. And evidently that worked for Tommy. So when he says, I grew up a little bit, I think that's a legitimate statement. Uh, Deggs didn't even know he had said it either. Like, because Deggs, we, we talked to him separate after the game, sure. and Matt mm-hmm. told us, we asked about Tommy Ray's, like, he's come so far since the fall. And then he detailed a couple of aspects of his pitching. So when I asked Tommy Ray, that was his response. I told Deggs yesterday, he's like, he said that? He's like, good for him. That's right, and this team—they seem to have—they um, seem to have a lot of alphas, which I'm sure Coach Deggs loves. Mm-hmm. But sort of the the Wolfpack mentality he's been going for. Coach Deggs also pointed out: Look, we we won two of three against a good opponent. We there's a lot of things we still have to work on. There's still a long way to go. Do you you interact with fans a lot, Jay? Do you tell them? You try, ever try to temper enthusiasm, or are you like, nope, let it out, let's go? No, I I always try to temper it. 
because 80% of the people look at baseball with a football mentality. And, you know, those, those are the folks that when they see something and they go, well, blah, 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 blah. And if you answer, well, that's baseball, they get all upset. Um, so, no, I think you do have to temper it. Uh, you know, it, and, and some guy, you know, yesterday already talking about RPI. Got, you know, we're three, three we're three games, games into the three, season. Three, three, three Come on. In. Come on. Relax. Um, Relax. So, you know, I, I think that it's, it's, it's fine to be encouraged by performances. Tommy Ray being one. Um, I think that uh, I think Dylan Toit pitched, uh, Boy, pitched he's, he's with a, a little he's, attitude. He's uh He's expressive, isn't he? Uh-huh. He's a bit yeah. enthusiastic. Yeah. Yeah. He could he could be a Warren Zevon song, excitable boy. <laughs> um, and you know, and Bo Bonds yesterday charged up. But you know, it's okay to be encouraged by that, but it's not okay to say, uh, okay, well, Bo Bonds is obviously our closer now. It, 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 that's you know, it's going to take a few weeks for the pitching staff to tell the coaches what the roles are and 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 I'm telling you that's the way it's going to work through their performance in practice and in games the pitching staff will send the message to the coaches as to who needs to be where and they've got like 19 games before conference starts so mm-hmm. there's plenty of time here um you know are we going to sit here and hold in judgment that this team hit 213 over the weekend I don't think we're going to hold that in judgment. I think this team's going to hit a lot better than that. Um, weirdest stat of the entire weekend, five extra base hits. They were all home runs, no doubles, no triples. So th- 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 there's a lot to be encouraged about because they beat a veteran team um, that had their top two pitchers and their top two relievers back. Really good arms. Really good arms. They had eight position players back, plus Ben Fitzgerald. So that's a veteran team that came in. Pitching staff held him to a 240 batting average, took an All-American and held him to two for 12, um, and and showed the ability to come from behind. So lots to be encouraged about. But, you know, let's pump the brakes just a little bit. I, I think it's the opponent is kind of what's what's exciting to me. Mm-hmm. It's the opponent that they beat. And if they had put up huge numbers, then I don't care as much about the opponent. Like the fact that LSU put up what fifty one runs on fifty hits. I mean, something some crazy number. It's like oh, it's just Maine. I'm like that's you could still be excited about numbers like that. Like it's it's early in the season. I don't mind getting excited, but it's a marathon, not a sprint. That's I guess that's how I look at it. Yes, it, it it most assuredly is, and we found out a little bit about this team over the weekend. We're going to find out a little bit more about them this week with the four games that they have, especially those three in Round Rock, mm-hmm. um, and it's going to be a learning experience for the first month of the season. And you know, by the time South Alabama, by the time the Cajuns get on the bus to go to Troy, hopefully they've got quite a few things figured out. I made a comment that I recorded. Um about the crowd and and how exuberant they were and how into it they were that can that can be a positive and a negative if you're an alpha dog 
you just get all geeked up over stuff like that. And and if you don't think that that crowd helped Bo Bonds get through those last three innings, he was charged up. Man. Oh no, he was. He was. Off of that he, was he he was feeding off, of, and you could tell. You know he, you know Matt Degg said that you know sometime uh, intent can rise above ability, and he was pitching with intent. You know, he had the crowd behind him. He was geeked. But if you're not that type personality. Your home crowd can intimidate you. And I have seen players over the years who played better away from home than they played at Russo Park or Teague Field. Um, and those are the guys who really aren't alpha dogs. You know, that that they, you know, they come up in a crucial situation and the crowd's going crazy. And it's like, oh my God, I might fail these people, mm-hmm. as opposed to, oh look, these folks got my back. Two different ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. I did not see that type of player on the field this weekend. It seemed like all of these guys were ready to feed off this thing and go. Now, I think Shiflet might have had opening night jitters. He's a better pitcher than what he showed. You know, Brandon Talley, that was just baseball. You know, you get a soft single, a bunt, you throw away a bunt, there's an infield hit, and then a guy hits one with the um, with the left fielder playing way in left center. Guy hits one down the left field line, clears the bases. That's ba- baseball bit him. Tally will play, and Tally will he'll, he'll get denied tonight. I know they'll throw a lot of guys tonight against Southeastern. Um, what about uh, Chipper Menard? You know, Chipper, um, we had heard that he had made a lot of strides in the offseason. What we saw was what we saw at times a year ago. Got great stuff, but he's got to harness it. Consistency is key. Uh, and, you know, Matt's going to give him a bunch more chances, I'm sure. But at, at some point in time, he's going to have to show that, no, look, look, I'm a lot better than I was last year. Just watch. Now, they saw that a lot in the fall and in the spring. I mean, there were talks about him being mm-hmm. the starter on Saturday. But it didn't uh, didn't work for him. And so, you know, you hope it works for him next time. ESPN Lafayette, Scott Prather, Jay Walker, uh, pre-recorded segment here on Tuesday. Jay is currently on a plane as you hear his voice, but um, Kyle DeBarge, again, batting average, okay. I think he had two hits and, and a lot of it bats, but Coach Deggs said yesterday, trust me, he, that's not going to be an issue. I was just asking Deggs about defensively. When you think about you, you've covered UL baseball much longer than me and, and more in-depth than me, Jay, You've seen some good shortstops come in and play right away as freshmen. And the ones that play right away as freshmen and play three years and then get drafted, they all, to me, have had one thing in common, and their 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 baseball IQ is wise beyond their age. And DeBarge at short, it's like, I mean, what is he, 18 or 19? I mean, he yeah. mm-hmm. it, it seems like he he knows things about the game of baseball. He's got that defensive IQ, and I think – long as he stays healthy, Cajuns have shortstop short up for a while. Yeah, they do. And, you know, this is a kid that, you know, he hit fifth on opening night and then hit third. That's where he belongs, in the middle of the lineup. And he's going to hit fine in the middle of the lineup. Um, and and he's going to make all the plays. You know, you know, the thing that impressed me about him um, where there were a, a couple of plays where, you know, he had to go to his left or go to his right, steady himself and throw – and he's throwing a howitzer to first base. I mean, that's a powerful arm that he's got. 
And I'm going, oh, gosh, look at this. This is this is going to be fun. Yeah. All right, this is going to be fun to watch for the next three years. Now he's good. In terms of uh, getting back to pitching for a moment, I mean, Trey LaFleur, he wasn't a pitcher at Ole Miss. He gets in there, and I think um, I, I brought this up to Matt yesterday with something Top and I talked about. He mentioned in pregame, Deggs did, that Rocco might throw. I mean, mm-hmm. we talk about all these arms they have, and you're, there's still a lot they want to get a look at, and you'll see – I think you'll see some new ones tonight for sure. Uh, well, new ones, some new, some you've seen, but seasons past. Does he just uh, see a guy and he's like, I wonder if he could pitch? Um, I think what happens is necessity is the mother of invention. You know, the old saying, you know, you're going out there in the spring and Austin Perrin's a little tender. Okay. So he's, he's probably not going to be ready opening weekend. And then you've got Blake Marshall who's out. So that's, that's two lefties. And so, you know, what do you have? You have toy, you have tally. Um, and then you're, you know, you're looking to, to see if there are any other left-handers, uh, who can help and and LaFleur obviously can because he threw well but it's and I don't know which one went to which one whether Deggs went to Rocco or Rocco went to Deggs and said I think I can help yeah. or I think you can help yeah and they and they worked with him and you know Rocco if they use him it's going to be a situation where they're going to bring him in from first base he's going to face a batter or two and then he's going back to first base um which, by the way, kills your DH. But it it is. I'm not going to be surprised to see him out there, um, especially you know. I, I think Austin's going to be able to give him a, a little something this weekend. But you're a little lefty poor right now, as far as your starters are concerned. As far as your um, your pitching staff is concerned, five home runs opening weekend. Yeah, Jonathan Brandon had one, Rock had one, and then Connor Kimple had three. Um, power on display that wasn't something I heard a lot about going into the season should we expect to see more power or was this opening weekend a little different no I think you're going to see the Cajuns hit some home runs um you know you know Tyler Robertson's got the ability to hit double digit homers uh Kimple I think is going to hit double digit homers um you know Rocco you know we saw him uh, go yard a few times. Really not. Wasn't expecting that of Jonathan Brandon. I, you know, I don't know if he'll hit another one, but that was good. He said he had more in one swing than he did all the last season. That's right. Home runs. Um, and then, you know, you've got a kid like Connor Higgs who got a couple ABs over the weekend, but might have the most power on this team. Um, I think Heath Hood, although he didn't get any hits over the weekend, he's got the capability to hit the long ball. I think you're going to see Julian Brock hit a few of them out this year. Um, so no, this team, this team's gonna is gonna hit some long balls, no Jay, question. Jay Walker uh, hanging out with me this morning, ESPN Lafayette. I, I know you were busy, right? You called baseball, you called basketball as well. Did you take a look at anything else in terms of opening weekend in college baseball? Like, was there anything that stood out to you, surprised you? Well, I, yeah, South Alabama losing two out of three in their own tournament at home was a surprise, um, and I didn't realize Matt Braga. Okay, he was the coach at Tennessee Tech, took him to a super regional, uh, and then he got the job at Rice, and it just didn't work out for him, and they fired him. He's back as the head coach at Tennessee Tech now, and they they went they were known for being a great hitting team, and they went into Stanky Field. They hit the ball really well over the weekend. 
Uh, but it's still a surprise with the pitching staff that they have that South Alabama dropped two out of three. Um, Georgia Southern going to Tennessee and not even being competitive was was a surprise and not a pleasant one. I mean, this is a team that was picked second by the coaches. They got beat thirty three to three over the weekend. They got they got they got beat down. They they were embarrassed. Um, you know how much does Coastal Carolina come back? I'm going to be watching the shots early in the season pretty closely because there are a lot of people think that last year was just an aberration. And there are other people that said, you know what, you know, I don't know if they can come back all in one year. So we'll be keeping an eye on them. You know, congratulations to Troy and Georgia state for doing to bad competition, what you're supposed to do. Um, state winning two out of three against Campbell was was nice because Campbell is an NCAA regional team. They're good. And App State beat them two out of three after losing after losing with Tyler Tuthill on Friday. They came back one Saturday and Sunday. So it was a mixed bag as far as um, our league was concerned. And then you look, Indiana went 0-3 um, at Clemson. Now, Clemson's not ranked, but they're Clemson. Okay, they're good. They have good baseball over there. Um, but they weren't very competitive in two of the games. Uh, you know, Stanford didn't sweep their opening weekend series, and neither did Arkansas. And, in fact, Arkansas lost on opening night with their number one guy going and came back and won the next two. So, you know, I, I'm I'm going to follow the teams in the league and Cajun opponents. Those are the, those are the folks I'm going to follow. Um, you know, now that I'm – really not in the media anymore when you get right down to it. I mean, it's not like I'm going to be spending a whole lot of time studying LSU stats. I'll look at that a little bit later on because the Cajuns are going to play them later in the season. But I, but I don't care that they took Maine to the woodshed. I don't care about that. Um, because Maine, again, Maine at one time was a pretty decent baseball program, but that was 40 years ago. So now they're Maine. So back, when I'm, I was, you know, back when I was little. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you mentioned uh, Stanford and Arkansas. Cajuns play Stanford Friday, Arkansas Sunday over in Austin. You mentioned Indiana. They play them Saturday. They got Southeastern tonight, 6 o'clock. Jay Walker is uh, pre-recording with me because he is uh, flying on Tuesday with hoops. He will be calling men's hoops tomorrow against Georgia Southern, Friday against Georgia State. So before I let you go, Juwan Howard, what's your take on the whole thing? Um he should be looking at a multiple game suspension. Um, he was looking at a one game suspension until he decided to throw a shot at an assistant coach. Now it's a multi game suspension. I don't think he's going to get fired. Um, but I, if if he's not suspended for more than one game, a I'm going to be very surprised, and b I'm going to be very disappointed. I said. Five games, that's the rest of the regular season. Some said that's too stiff. I think when this happened, you saw, it's just social media, you saw the extremes, everything from he did nothing wrong to ban him for life, which both are absolutely absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm with you, multi-game, mm-hmm. right? It, it's, we all, we all know what what Wisconsin did. I mean, they can say, oh, no, he, he was pressing. No, you call the timeout and... Other coaches in the Big Ten did not like Juwan Howard. I mean, he's had some 
run-ins and verbal exchanges with Tom Izzo, among others, in the past. I mean, it is what it is. Now, he's good. They're in the Elite Eight. He's a good coach. And if he wasn't a good coach and they were looking to maybe fire him, this would just be an excuse for them to do it. He's not going to get fired. Had it turned into an all-out brawl, maybe. And that's the thing that's most fortunate about this. You, the fact that only three wings and none of them really landed. If you had told me, Jay, all right, tempers are high, gamesmanship's high, Wisconsin's going to rub it in, Juwan's going to take it personal, and he is going to, I'll say, B-slap an assistant coach in the handshake line, I would have. Th- if you had told me that, I would have said, oh, my God, there's, there's going to be a giant fight and it's going to be bad. I'm glad that that did not happen. Um, you know, I don't know of a coach who if you're getting whooped pretty good and the other guy calls a timeout, that you're not offended by that. Yeah. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of examples. Will Wade in the NIT. Yesterday. All right. Now, that's that's one. But also, on Saturday, 17 seconds left, you're up 20. Gary Broadhead calls a timeout. And the 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 fans there were, were not very happy about it. But he had a girl in the game and he wanted to use a teaching moment about an inbounds pass with the game on the line. And so there was a reason why he called the timeout. And it, and it certainly wasn't to embarrass Brooks Donald Williams. I mean, they coached together. I mean, she was his boss, McNeese. So he certainly wasn't trying to show up ULM. And, and Brooks, I think, was okay with it. Now, the fans weren't. Um, now, you know, I didn't see when this timeout was called or any of that other stuff. So I have no judgment, but I will say this. If you're up by a lot and you call a timeout, somebody's going to get real offended by that. Every time, mm-hmm. every time. And I understand why some Warhawks fans were, I think coach guard is full of it when he's like, maybe Juwan doesn't know the rule. We get to reset the 10 seconds. Stop it. You're up double digits. You don't like him. You did it on purpose. You're lying. Juwan Howard's not lying after the game. He's like, well, you know, he grabbed me, and he was getting pulled away and reached over the shoulder of someone else to push that guy in the face. He crossed the line that he shouldn't cross. He's not going to get fired. I don't think he should get fired. I don't either. Um, If he's already been suspended by the time you're hearing this conversation, so be it. I think it's a multi-game suspension, and that's what's going to happen in – so much strong reaction one way or the other. He did something he shouldn't have done. I think we can agree on that. I think we can agree that, you know, it sucks when when somebody's trying to get under your skin and calling a timeout and doing it on purpose. But um, there's certain decorum, man. Even even if you don't want to shake his hand and you say a little something, that, that, would, that would be frowned upon. Last thing I'll say is this, Jay. If these two teams meet in the Big Ten tournament or the ne- whenever the next time they play is, the media is going to use this story, and it's going to be talked about, and, it's, and people are going to watch it, and it's going to be yep. – it, it, college basketball will use it as a way to promote and get ratings out of it. And you know what? It's going to work. Sure. 